Well, today I want to share a little of what God is showing us as a team about our priorities for 2023. We often say that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So this is our kind of version of what is it that the Father is doing amongst us as a church, because that's what we want to do. And we shared this with the life group leaders on Thursday. Uh, We've been talking about it as a team for a little while. And really, this is the emphasis. It's all about prayer. 2023 is all about prayer. It's come so clear to us over the last few months. We've really felt the Holy Spirit stirring around this issue of prayer, that we'd be a church that's characterized by prayer, a church that comes together in prayer, a church that knows how to contend with God in prayer, that we would be saturated in prayer. And this comes from a few different things that we've seen. First of all, the weekend away in October, that was just so significant. And there were these two prophetic words in particular that added to the stirring. And first there was Angela's Zulu war cry to us in the word second jalu, meaning get ready. The time has come. Prepare for battle. It's time to fight. And then this was followed soon after by Simon Jacob's word, where he said that we'd reached a moment of decision and that the battle cry had gone up. And now came the question, are you willing to move forward with God and live differently to follow God wholeheartedly? Are you prepared to face the spiritual battles and hardships that lie ahead? Are you willing to be a Caleb? or stay where you are, or go back to how it used to be. He says, it's time to cross the Jordan. It's time to enter into the promises of God. And so we saw that God was calling us into a new place of significance, of authority in the realm of the spirit, of contending for the promises of God. And if we were going to uh, go after these promises, we're going to need to contend for these things we'd have to learn how to fight that we'd need to teach the church to pray like they'd never prayed before then at the end of november our dear friend tim was taken ill and it was like we entered some of the battle we'd been told was coming and the word god gave me for the church at that time was about jacob wrestling with god and that question came again Are we willing to enter the battle and gain a new level of authority together? Or would we stay uh, out of the fight and avoid the risk of disappointment? Look how the church responded. A definite yes. We're going to come together and fight. We're going to contend for Tim and Jen and the girls, whatever this means. And we're not going to let go until the blessing is released and we've seen just miracle after miracle of answered prayer we need to see some more miracles now but look can you see what god is doing he's taken us at our word and he's teaching us how to fight to wrestle in prayer we're learning how to carry the spirit of intercession and we will grow to be a church that is saturated in prayer and to me it's like a heartbeat a pulse that I've been hearing for a while now. And it started like a distant drumbeat, but now it's closer than it was before. And it's like we've all been caught up in this great throb, which is a burden of prayer. 
I can hear it in the Midlands, in the heart of the nation. But it's about more than that. The heartbeat is being heard nationally. Lots of people are hearing it and speaking about it. The intercessors and prophets especially are talking about it. Uh, just a little while ago, a lady uh, from London visited us and she said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep getting this groaning whenever I'm praying. She said, is there something that's wrong with me? Have I got a demon or something like that? And we said, no, this is, this is the growing burden of prayer that God is giving us. This is the groaning of intercession. But the need for prayer is heard in the affairs of our nation at the moment. In all the uncertainty and the shaking, there's a rumbling of thunder that precedes a storm. But it seems like a number of people are seeing the threat and responding in prayer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you hearing the heartbeat? Are you feeling the burden of prayer? It's like we're being compelled to pray, called together, to stand together, to be together in corporate prayer. And I think we're only at the beginning. You know, watch and see how it spreads as more and more people hear the rhythms of the Spirit and respond in prayer. And of course, we've seen this before. You know, in the early church, the response of corporate prayer was there. It's always been there with the church. We see it in the book of Acts, the very first church. It was birthed in corporate prayer when people started to pray together. In Acts 1.14, just after Jesus had been taken to heaven, the disciples were told to go to Jerusalem and await the coming of the Holy Spirit. It says that the apostles, along with many others, all joined together constantly in prayer. They were united in prayer, waiting together in sustained prayer. And this is where the Holy Spirit eventually found them on the day of Pentecost, all together and in one place. And he came suddenly in the wind and with fire, filling the whole house where they were sat, and then filling his people who were saturated with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and declare the wonders of God. That's Acts 2 verse 1. So the early church was birthed in prayer, but it was also founded on corporate prayer. It wasn't just a special prayer meeting for Pentecost Sunday and then it was over. They continued in prayer. After this, in Acts 2.42, it describes the community of believers as devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, as the Lord added to their number daily. And I wonder if there's some connection between that, the Lord adding to their number daily and the devoted to prayer. But you see, prayer was in their DNA and it came from Jesus himself. Jesus teaches to pray, the disciples asked on one occasion after hearing him pray. And this is how Jesus taught them to pray. He says, our Father, our Father. It was in the plural. The whole of the Lord's Prayer was written in the plural. Jesus taught them to pray together, corporately. He expected them to pray that way. And this is where the power is. He explained in another place in Matthew chapter 18, he says, I truly tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. 
power of prayer is manifest in corporate agreement. If you agree on earth, it will be done. And Paul agrees with the priority of prayer, writing to Timothy about the Ephesian church, which had lost its way and gotten into all kinds of error and problems. The first thing he does is reinstate prayer in priority to everything else in the church. He says in 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge then, first of all, the petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. When it had all gone wrong, his first thought was to get prayer back into its right place, restart the heartbeat of the church, and it will bring life to the whole body. Keep the heartbeat going, and the body will remain healthy. Going back to the book of Acts, we see the church not only birthed and founded in prayer, but they were sustained in corporate prayer. Just a few pages on from Acts chapter 2, it says that persecution breaks out, And in Acts 4, the apostles are beaten and commanded not to preach anymore. And so what do we find? The church comes together again in prayer. Verse 24, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer, saying, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. Verse 29, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, and they prayed and the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And in a few more chapters, we find that Peter has been arrested. And again, the church is together in prayer. And as he appears at the door, it seems that they were so in the spirit in how they've been praying in that meeting that the disciples assume that it's Peter's angel. They don't even let him in. That's Acts 12, 16. And it's just this supernatural expectancy in answer to the prayers of the people so that it almost seemed normal to the church that an angel would be uh, turning up instead of Peter. I wonder, I wonder if that would ever be our expectation. Oh, it's just his angel. It's not him. And this is not always the case today. As we look around the churches today, we find this area lacking. Lots of people doing great things, lots of work in the community, but very little prayer very little wisdom in spiritual warfare, and lots of trouble as a result. Now I'm listening for the heartbeat in the church, especially in the hearts of its leaders. That's how you know that there's life in the body. It's in the heartbeat of prayer. So how is your heart? How is your heart? No church or ministry can be sustained without prayer. I came across a vivid example of this, reading about Charles Spurgeon a few years ago. As many of you will know, Charles Spurgeon was a very successful 19th century London preacher. And over the years, many thousands of people over several decades were transformed by his ministry through the power of God. And people would often travel to his church to learn the secret of his success. 
And when visitors would come, he would show them, not the office, not the books in his room, not his website or advertising. Well, they didn't have websites then. And it wasn't even his worship band. No, he'd take them to the basement of the building, to the prayer room, where people were in constant prayer for the ministry of the church in that place. He called this the powerhouse of the church, saying, if the engine room is out of action, then the whole mill will grind to a halt. He says, we cannot expect blessing if we do not ask. So how far do we want to go? How much influence do we want? How much breakthrough do we want to see? If we want to see miracles, if we want to see people saved, if we want to see the church grow, if we want to see influence grow and finance released, our communities transformed, then there will need to be a foundation of corporate prayer. Ultimately, of course, corporate prayer is the key to mission. Corporate prayer fuels mission. It leads to it. I've been thinking about the time which is recorded in all four Gospels where Jesus goes into the temple and drives out the merchants, throwing over the tables, shouting out these words from Isaiah and Jeremiah, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. I love that phrase, house of prayer for all nations. And you know, I always thought this passage was mostly about prayer and against the commercialization of religion. So don't use religion to make money, pray for people. And it is that to some degree, but it's also about more than that. If you go back and look at the prophecies Jesus quotes, you'll see that these are much more to do with the salvation of the Gentiles and the falseness of religion, which has become exclusive and separatist in Israel. Jesus was upset about their lack of effectiveness in mission. The money changers and the merchants had set up their stalls in the hall of the Gentiles, the place that God had set aside for the unbelievers, inquirers, who were to be welcomed to come in and find out about God, to pray and to worship. There was no space, there was no place for the unbeliever in the gatherings. And the household of prayer for all nations is about the mission of God to bring people from every tribe, tongue, and nation into the kingdom. This is what the church is for. This is what must fuel our prayers, the salvation of the unbeliever and for his kingdom to come in places of the injustice and brokenness that we see all around us. And actually, you know, when we talk about mission, I think the heartbeat gets a little faster and the saturation goes a little deeper. And of, of course, it was in the context of looking outside the walls of established religion that Jesus shows his disciples the fields that are white for harvest, and the instruction comes, pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out the workers in Matthew 9, 38. And this is what I think the heartbeat is about, prayer that is connected to mission, a move of God that's for the streets and for our cities, not for the church, or not just for the church. And this is something of the burden that I'm living with, something of what we are feeling as a team. So what are we going to do about it? What is our strategy? What is our strategy to saturate the church in prayer? 
Well, the first thing I want to do is commend the church for its heart for prayer. Something I've been learning is when we want something from God, we don't just focus on what we don't have. We thank him for what we've already got. So I want to commend you. I want to thank you for what we've already got. And it's like as I've thought about what it means to be saturated in prayer, my eyes have been opened to the extent of prayer that's already going on around the church. You know, come early on a Sunday and you'll see just about everything gets prayed over, whether it's welcome, hospitality, the worship band, the tech team, or if you go over to the kids' work, you'll find that people are praying in that place. If you come and visit the office, the church office on a Tuesday, you'll find that our staff meeting finishes with prayer. Our leadership team meetings start with prayer. Our life group leader meetings start with prayer. Our directors meetings, they start with prayer. You know, if you go to the storehouse, you'll inevitably find the team praying. They pray over all the clothes before they're given out. They offer prayer to every visitor. We hear story after story of amazing prayer uh, encounters that go on in that place. You see, prayer is about so much more than prayer meetings, although they're important too. And if you're picking up on the burden that I'm talking about, you'll probably want to be there. But we've always wanted to be a church that prays, not just a church with prayer meetings. And there's a lot more that we want to do. There's a lot more that we want to do to saturate the church with prayer. And this coincides with the relaunch of our life groups throughout January. So what are we planning for 2023? Well, the first thing is that we want to prioritize prayer for the whole year. So that the first week of the month is to be designated as a week of prayer kicked off by teaching about prayer on that first Sunday, and then on the first Sunday evening that that will be our church prayer meeting. And to help to equip you in prayer, we're going to take you through the prayer school material in life groups. That starts in February, and then we're going to build it up throughout the year. So you're going to need to join a life group if you want to be part of this prayer movement that God's going to give us. And so that's February, and then starting in March, we'll have a Friday morning in-person prayer gathering for those who are able to make that. And then starting on Good Friday, which is on the 7th of April, we're going to launch prayer hubs in homes where two life groups come together to pray. And then there's an early morning online prayer slot starting in May for those who can't make other times. Now, don't worry, I realize that's a lot of information and we're going to be sharing all of this as we go through the year. But I just wanted to give you a bit of an overview. And we're really excited about this and feel that this is what God is leading us into for 2023. And who knows where that might lead. So I just want to finish then with uh, dedicating 2023 as a year of prayer to God. So Father... Thank you for what you're doing amongst us. Thank you for this burden that you're sharing with us. We ask you for a heartbeat of corporate prayer. We ask you for a seed of prayer to be sown amongst us, for powerful mission-focused prayers. Father, we dedicate 2023 to you as a year of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.